Welcome to the UND Chi Alpha podcast, a podcast for shaping students that are changing culture. Hey guys, uh, nice to see y'all. So before we start, I want to see a quick show of hands. Who is uh, here for the first time at senior night? Raise your hands. First senior night? There we go. Let's go. All right. Senior night is a heck of a time. This is, I think, my seventh-ish, and I swear every single time, like hearing everyone's testimonies of just the way that God is, is moved in everyone's life is so encouraging. And and looking at my own life and seeing how God has worked through every single season is just so awesome. And just the amount of times that I've rewritten this thing over the years is insane. And I, I pray that y'all uh, can continue to do the same as you uh, go through your journey. So starting off with me, my journey began growing up in a Christian household where we uh, learned about the Nicene Creed. But one thing I never really learned about was things like having a personal relationship with Christ. And so when, you know, when I didn't have anyone to look up to and showing me how to live a Christian life, um, there's only one thing that I could go to. And so the fact of the matter is we're all unintentionally being transformed throughout our lives. The question is, who or what are we allowing to transform and disciple us? And if it's not Jesus, for me, I don't know about y'all, but it was the world and society telling me what, what I was supposed to love, what direction I was supposed to take. And so building off of that as my direction maker, I entered into college um, living a, quite a selfish life um, with my own selfish ambitions of just trying to find the best job and uh, trying to make as much money as I could. And, um, you know, I was addicted to, to porn and um, objectified women and, and uh, caused a lot of pain to a lot of people. And um, with that as my direction, as you can tell, um, I don't know if you can relate, but if you try to tread your own path and, and find your own way for happiness, usually it leads to disappointment. And, and that's how it was for me. So my freshman year, um, I was quite lonely. I didn't have very many friends. I was depressed and um, I didn't have direction. I didn't have hope. There was nothing in my life to give me hope. And so second semester, something happened that dramatically changed my life. One encounter, one person. It was a girl uh, in my dorm room uh, floor and she came up to me and she invited me to come to Chi Alpha. And so guys out there, if a pretty lady invites you to church, you're silly if you don't say yes. Okay. So of course I went, of course I went to Chi Alpha and, and I show up and I see all these people with their hands up and worshiping the Lord and like living, you know, Christian, you know, life, not just on a Sunday with their whole lives. And I met guys like Josiah Grant, all the Forge boys. And I got plugged in second semester and, um, started, you know, wrestling with Christ and, uh, um, trying to figure out what the right direction is. And, and over the summer, when uh, we got sent home during COVID, um, I had an encounter. I was just, you know, um, in my lonesome and, and I, I felt the, the enrapturement of my sin caging me down. And in a moment where I, you know, I couldn't even sleep without, you know, watching porn or masturbating. And, and I just, I just knew that I needed something or someone to save me. And that was Jesus Christ. And from that moment, from that moment on, I started a path of, of sanctification and, and salvation. And, and so it, I was kind of a, a slow bloomer. It took me two years to start getting into my faith. And the thing that really changed that for me was, was small group uh, leadership class. So shout out to that. That was my excuse to start abiding. So uh, I just wanted to be held accountable. And so 
In those two months of small group leader training, my faith and my relationship with God skyrocketed more than those entire two years. And so I know that that can happen for y'all as well. If, if you haven't started reading the Bible or, or you know, getting uh, conformed by the Lord. And so, um, you know, one thing that I learned is that control is incompatible with spiritual formation. And so this, this upcoming break, we all have an amazing opportunity where we don't have too much commitment, too much time, and we have the ability to start surrendering our lives, to start getting into the word, start letting it conform our lives and to teach us. And, and I just pray that you all can use that time wisely and, uh, and to discover the amazing joys that, that I have discovered. Um, lesson number two that, that I hope you all take away is, you know, second semester is right around the corner. And I guarantee you across from your hall or in your apartment that there is someone in there just like me, a little Dylan, who is lonely, who is need, in need of a savior, and that they are just one knock, one hello, one invite away from changing the rest of their lives. And so I just pray that you all can have someone put, pop in your mind of some, just one person, if anything, to just share the, the good news and, and the reason and the hope that you have, because I didn't have hope. And it wasn't until one person shared me their hope that changed my entire life. So thank you guys. Next up, I'll invite Paige, right? Nope, Cooper, get up there. Hello guys, if you don't know, my name is Cooper Taylor and this is me, you know. Uh, so I grew up in a family where we went to church every Sunday and I just didn't think that God was a active participant in my life. I had, I learned about God. I was there every Sunday, but I had misconceptions about who he was and how he acted. And so by the time I came to college, I decided to leave him back in Texas and be new me, Cooper in North Dakota, who was 18 and for some reason thought he had it all figured out and had a 10-year plan that does not exist anymore. It was just gone. Um, so I am leading a life, trailblazing it on my own, decide to join a fraternity and lead a life where I would say I l lived in increasing sin. Every time I sinned and didn't, receive any blowback, I did something bigger the next time. And every time, unbeknownst to me, it took just a little bit more of me until I was empty and I was hollow. And even though I was living in a house with 30 other guys who had, who loved me, you know, who, who cared about me, I felt alone. Uh, by this time, I had collected addictions like it was going out of style. I was doing anything and everything to numb what I was feeling inside. And I was too disgusted with myself to even look in a mirror. And so I decided to make a change. I wanted to be a good person again, or at least a better one. 
And while I was trying to get sober and failing, one of my fraternity brothers came to me, Chris Johnson, if you know him, invited me to Chi Alpha, and it was over the summer. And if you've been in the uh, Grand Forks in the summer, there's nothing else to do. So I went to Chi, <laughs> and I just, it felt like home. It felt like the burden of my sin was off of me, lifted off of me just for a little while. So I kept coming back, and I experienced God more and more. I experienced him in worship, and I experienced him in prayer. And I experienced him and the people around me and then the love of this community. And uh, slowly but surely, he started freeing me from the chains I had bound myself with. And by fall retreat that year, I had rededicated my life to Christ. And David tried to convince me to get baptized the next day. And I was like, nah, dude. <laughs> Just because I doubted whether God was for me, whether I had what it took to live a life with Christ. Doubted if I could come back from what I, where I had willingly gone. But I, kept, I decided that if I stayed dedicated for a year, because at that time it was hard for me to stay dedicated to anything for a week, that I would get baptized at next year's fall retreat. And so I started going to small group. God was working in me. He was working in through me, went on mission, started feeling my heart break for other people, felt the passion for Christ, wanted to share it with everybody I, who would listen. And I got baptized, if you were there, it was pretty sick. <laughs> and... <laughs> And now I'm a small group leader and I love my guys and shout out to you because working and living uh, with you guys has grown my faith exponentially more than I could do alone. And I would just say that I still struggle. My struggles are different. God has freed me from uh, most, but now they've changed. Uh, but I trust in God. Uh, I know I'm not strong enough to lead a life worthy of Christ, but with Christ, I can lead with him. Thank you. Next is Peter. Oh my goodness. Hey guys. Um, yeah, so my name is Peter. Like a lot of people, I grew up in a Christian household. Both my parents, I was blessed to have as devout Christians, and they still are today. Um, I went to church every Sunday, Sunday school, prayed daily. Um, and in middle school, I started serving in the church, um, helping with different different things. Um, but my biggest reasons for doing that were either to please my parents or because I had friends or there was a girl I had a crush on that also helped in those areas. Um, I grew up knew, knowing most of what Christians believe, but really having no idea why anyone believed it. And so all these things just felt like a chore. Um, as I was finishing up high school, I was looking into studying mechanical engineering in college, um, which is math and science focused. Um, and I 
fell into the lie that culture says science is in conflict with faith. Um, so as I got closer to college, I, I further distanced myself from Christianity. Um, and my life kind of just started falling apart. I be, became quite depressed, um, but I tried to hide it. I faked humility, but really I just had zero self-confidence and I would often hurt myself. Um, I left for college thinking I would find solace in completely leaving my Christian upbringing behind. Um, and when I got there, I did everything I could to fit in. I swore profusely, drank excessively, and I was willing to be friends with bad influences just to have any relationship. By the middle of my sophomore year, I realized something needed to change. Um, I, as oddly as it sounds, um, the flip that switched was from the TikTok algorithm. I started giving me Christian videos. Um, I, I began to see that, that there was something good there. I began reading my Bible, and for the rest of my sophomore year and the following summer, I read it daily, and I realized whether or not it was actually true, I needed it to find to have something good in my life, some foundation that gave me, gave me purpose. By the start of my junior year, I had a friend since freshman year that I knew led a Bible study. I just prayed to God that whatever this Bible thing he leads is, just please let him invite me. Almost immediately he did. I started going to a small group, and then that fall in 2021, I went to fall retreat where I surrendered my life and got baptized. After that, I started going to a large group, um, and some changes in my life occurred immediately. I stopped drinking, I stopped swearing, I stopped letting non-Christians have so much influence in my life. But at the same time, I wanted truth. I wanted to know why the things I believed I did. And that led me to apologetics. Arguments for God from every area of study, cosmology, astrophysics, biology, history, philosophy, all of them piqued my interest in and just I fell in love with searching for truth, um, which fundamentally Christ is. Um, I went on a mission trip the following spring in 2021 to Atlanta. I left knowing almost no one in Chi Alpha and came back with a whole bunch of new friends and meeting a lot of people and, and learning how to share the love of Christ with others and, and serve people I didn't even know. Um, and then last spring, I went on no to Knoxville um, and further learned how to, to grow in those areas. I used to have zero meaning in my life, which is ultimately the only logical conclusion if God does not exist. But he does, and he stepped into to time so that we can be reconciled to God. Now my goal is to share Christ, showing why the story of the gospel is respectable, desirable, and why it ultimately is literally true. Little brings me more joy than being able to eliminate or reduce the doubts of my brothers and sisters in Christ, see their faith strengthened, and help them to love the Lord with their minds. I'm going to end with a Bible verse, or a couple of verses. It's from the end of Second Peter, chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard, so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless, and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. Now I have the pleasure to invite one of the people I got to meet on the Atlanta trip. Taya. Hi, everybody. I'm Taya, and it's just a delight to stand in front of you today. So young Taya knew that there was somebody named God, but I didn't know him very well. 
at my birthday parties every year, I would like sit in front of my cake and before I blew the candles out, I'd wish the same thing, which is that I wouldn't die <laughs> because <laughs> I just wanted to make really, really, really sure that I really believed in God and so that when I did die, I would actually go to heaven. <laughs> so I was very much afraid of God. I knew he had a lot of power, but I didn't really understand his character. It wasn't until college that my perception of the Lord began to shift. I started attending a Bible study for the first time. I learned how to study scripture. I learned how to pray. And I learned the importance of regularly spending time with God. I decided Jesus was someone worth pursuing. The summer after my freshman year, I was on the job hunt for months and I was trying to get a position in the hospital. Application after application went through. I called in personal favors from family friends, and it didn't amount to anything. I prayed and prayed for God to provide me with a position, and nothing happened. I eventually interviewed at a clinic, which wasn't really where I wanted to be, but it's better than nothing. The clinic manager told me there were only two positions for which they had already pretty much designated people to fill. So I was crushed and my trust in God plummeted. The next day, the manager called and said she'd open up a third position specifically for me. I stayed at that clinic for three years. The Lord put me in a position to learn everything I wanted to know about medicine. It was the best job I've ever had and I have God to thank for it. So I learned two things through that experience. First, it's important to trust God to do what he thinks is best, not what I think is best. Secondly, not to equate the passage of time with apathy from God. Recently, a near and dear friend to me co contemplated suicide sitting on a window ledge. Thankfully, her dad discovered her and pulled her inside. I did what I could to try and fix it. I prayed that God would heal her. A few months later, she overdosed on alcohol and her dad found her once again, this time unconscious. She was rushed to the hospital and I soon found out that she would be okay, but had some very serious issues that needed to be addressed. I cried for hours that night asking God, how could you? How could you let that happen to her? Didn't you hear me praying, asking you to heal, heal her and show her that she's loved? It was clear to me then that I had zero control despite my best efforts. The Lord asked me to continue trusting him, to trust that he is good and that he will glorify himself through this. I set a timer for 10 minutes each day to pray specifically for her. The following December at the Christmas Eve service, I sat beside that same girl as she carefully listened to the message from the pastor and raised her hand in response to the question, would you like to give your life to Jesus tonight? So I know she will have an excellent testimony one day. Once again, once again God made it clear that he was worthy of my trust. He made it clear that he could do far more in a person's life than I ever could. He made evident the power of aligning my will with his and praying that over people. A couple summers ago, as I prayed for wisdom on when to get engaged, the Lord told me to wait for my boyfriend to get baptized in the spirit. So I waited and waited, sneakily asking Sam how things were going with God. <laughs> and I started getting discouraged as time went on. I thought maybe the Lord had told me to wait for this baptism, but it would never happen. Sam was baptized at fall retreat that year, and it was plain as day that the Lord had specifically chosen that time. Through that, God showed me to trust that he doesn't abandon those who seek him. 
He follows through on what he says and his timing is perfect. To wrap up here, I find it very easy to worry. I find it very easy to trust in myself or anything other than God. I've tried both working exceptionally hard to achieve things, and I've also tried not working, seeing if God will pull through. I found that God can do exponentially more than I can at my best. There's a balance to working hard and giving God room to move. I used to think I knew who God was, but time has shown me a clearer picture of his true character. My relationship with him has turned from one of solely fear to one of friendship, reliance, and trust. The more I get to know him, the better he gets. Please know that it is so worth putting your trust in God. He takes the pressure off because he's someone you can count on. He's really good. Thank you. It's now my pleasure to announce the man, the myth, the legend, Josh Holmberg. What up, guys? If you didn't know, my name is Josh. You sure do now. Um, you know, forever, I've always been very grateful that uh, my parents taught me about Jesus and the Bible. Uh, from a very young age, I knew that I followed Christ, but I also knew that I hadn't quite arrived per se and there's always more to learn and work on uh and so coming to college uh it really helped me fully realize this uh my sophomore year i got invited to a small group led by matt bakken and gabe shetler uh i was prepared to talk about the bible and you know maybe throw a life lesson in there somewhere but what i didn't expect was for my small group to you know actually hold me accountable and push me to be a better follower of jesus um, you know, I quickly started realizing how very little I was actually listening to and obeying the Holy Spirit. Um, my leaders and uh, new friends pointed out and helped me stop some repeating sins in my life, like a uh, course in rude language, pornography usage, masturbation, and lust, things my heart had just grown numb to over the years. And without my small group, I wouldn't have had anyone in my life that would have seen these shortcomings and helped me overcome them. Um, I stopped doing things that displeased God, but I also started actively doing things that did please Him. Uh, I remember specifically uh, one small group night where we went through a lesson on spiritual apathy, which just means you know a lack of interest or concern. And I've been appreciating the topics we've been going through so far, but as we read scripture pertaining to apathy, I was immediately convicted by the Holy Spirit. We read Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, many of which, uh, well, many of you know as the Great Commission, where Jesus commands his followers to make disciples of all nations. And I asked myself, "Am I really making disciples?" You know, the the Holy Spirit really cut through all the lies that I've been telling myself for years. Where you know, you know, yeah, I I mentioned to my classmate I go to church. He knows I'm a Christian. I'm a great disciple maker. You know, I'm planting seeds. God's doing the rest. Um, you know, I only had to take one group, one look at my small group leaders to know that I had never made a disciple in my life. Um, I wasn't showing others how to spend time with God. I wasn't helping my brothers overcome sin. And I sure as heck wasn't telling people about Jesus. I knew people were separated from God and going to hell. Yet for years, I just sat there twiddling my thumbs, pretending I was doing something. Awkward page turn. Uh, you know, why Why didn't I care? The The Holy Spirit called me out on my apathy uh, for other people and for ignoring God's explicit command in Scripture. Uh, I felt immensely guilty for my disobedience. I knew I had to do something different. So I'm just sitting there dying inside as the Holy Spirit's just ringing my heart when almost as if Matt and Gabe had planned this, they tell us about discipleship training class, which many of you know as small group leader training. 
updated planet. Uh, so long story short, I went to the training, decided to become a small group leader, and it was awesome. You know, I felt it felt really good to be better equipped, um, and that I actually had a methodical plan to make disciples. So slowly but surely, uh, God also started you know to change my heart. I began to view people as God views them, you know, precious and honored. Yeah. I started, you know, genuinely care for the people that I talked to in a way I just hadn't felt before. And I wanted to show my guys the goodness of God and how much better it is to live your life for Christ, just how my small group leaders had shown me. Uh, as I accepted more responsibility, my own relationship with Christ strengthened as well. After all, if we're going to teach others about Christ, you know, it's kind of necessary to spend time with them. Like Dylan said, it was a good excuse to start abiding. <laughs> Um, and while this was amazing, of course, uh, there were some bumps in the road. On uh, multiple occasions, my co-leader and I struggled to get a consistent small group going. Uh, there were several weeks where we simply didn't have small group because nobody showed up. Uh, but we kept sticking to it, praying for the guys we knew and the guys we were yet to meet, abiding with the Lord and putting our best foot forward. Um, as we continued to trust in Jesus, by the spring semester, we eventually had a consistent small group meeting. Um, yeah, praise God for that. And honestly, because of discipleship, God was working in and through our small group. Um, in fact, one of my buddies who just spoke, Mr. Peter Thostenson, was in my small group, and he himself decided to become a small group leader, too, who is now making disciples, who will make disciples, and so on. You know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for the friends that I've made, and I'm honored to have been a part of their journey. Discipleship changed both my life and others. So I urge you, please, if you have any inkling whatsoever to make disciples for Jesus, just do it. Uh, think about how much your small, small group leaders have affected and changed your life for the better. If you want to do the same for others, sign up for small group leader training in the spring. Quite frankly, it's probably the easiest way to you know make disciples as a college student. It's nice and organized. Um, you'll be following Jesus' command. You'll make lifelong friends, and your relationship with Christ will be uh, stronger than ever before. You will never regret doing what Jesus tells you to do. Go out there and make disciples. It's my honor to introduce Kara. Hey guys, I'm really excited to be here tonight. Um, so from what I remember, when I was younger, I always liked talking about Jesus. And I also liked talking to, about him to people that I just randomly met. Um, I grew up loving to learn about the Bible and also the love of God. Um, but as I got older and the problems that we face in this world became a little bit more real to me, um, anger seemed to be an emotion that I felt frequently. Throughout middle school and quite a bit of high school, I struggled with honoring those around me, especially my family. Um, I still call myself a Christian, but I continued to turn to many things instead of the Lord. Um, the more anger I let into my heart, the more hopeless I knew that I was. I definitely understood how terrible of a person I was um, and how many wrong decisions I had already made in life. Even though I felt without hope many days, I still tried to be the answer to my own problems, thinking if I simply changed my actions, that would make me more fulfilled. Many nights I would lay awake for hours, not really sure at all if I would be in heaven with Jesus if I were to die. 
All the sins and imperfect decisions that I had embraced in my life would overwhelm me every night as I went to sleep. Um, and I felt deep down that God was always angry with me or did not really hear me. But when I was 16, I finally decided to talk to one of my youth leaders about this, um, about my fears, about my salvation, and then also my sin struggles. She really listened to me. She shared the gospel and then we prayed together. And I think that was one of the first times that I have finally, um, felt peace and also asked God to assure me that I would live eternally with him. Walking away from that conversation with God that night, I felt the most peace that I ever have. The only explanation for that is that um, God had opened my eyes to finally see that there's no change big enough that I could have made in my life to feel or to feel fulfilled and to correct the wrongs I had already committed. Only Jesus' grace and his sacrifice is enough to make me right with God. From that night, I had so much more joy in serving the Lord. Um, it did not feel as much out of duty and obligation to God to do good works, but I was more excited to develop a relationship with God and live out his love. The voice of the Holy Spirit also became a lot stronger in my heart in the areas that did not reflect how a child of God should live. Since then, the Lord has grown me so much in my faith. Um, I'm so thankful for Kyalfa and um, all of those who have been part of pointing me back to Christ and pointing me back in the areas where I have not been living for the Lord. This has been such a meaningful community to me and a place where I have truly met lifelong friends. To close... I would like to share a verse of the Bible that has been very meaningful to me um, in college specifically, as the Lord has taught me to be more patient in life. And that is John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled and neither let them be afraid. And last but not least, I would like to welcome Katie Berg. All right, so I'm Katie Berg. Um, I'm just going to get into it. But So I grew up outside of Minot and attended a small church outside of town. But my family's attendance was inconsistent, and when our life got busy, we were not there. Um, growing up, I didn't know much about God, and church had its own compartment in my life. My idea of God was that he was good, yet still distant, and that the requirements to access eternity were to be a good person and attend church regularly. Though school, Through school, I was always very concerned about and measured my value based on what everyone in my life thought of me and how to please my parents, teachers, and my peers. This carried on with me throughout all of high school and even into college. At the beginning of high school, and through a series of events that I didn't recognize as God at the time, my family began attending a different church where I was told for the first time that God wanted to have a relationship with me, and this was something that I wanted. Through another series of events, I ended up at UND and started attending Chi Alpha. 
it was within this community um, that I was discipled and was shown that showed me how to love God and people every day of my life through my actions and through seeking God deeper than I'd ever known him before. And even though I was closer to God than I had ever been, I still struggled with returning to my mindset of needing to perform for God and for people. This mindset was first revealed to me the summer after my freshman year. Um, I just completed um, the discipleship training that others have mentioned, and um, I was at a high with God. And through a busy summer, I just had a really hard time seeking Him um, and and just taking time to spend time with Him. Um, be coming back to school and even going into small group leading, I carried a lot of shame, and there was a lot of lies in my head. I likened God to a friend who held a grudge, and I put human tendencies on a God who is eternal. I knew this wasn't true, but I continued to struggle with lies and insecurity, and they're even a distraction to me because they made me self-centered and focused on myself. I wondered why he wouldn't fix my mindset in a moment because I knew that he could, and I knew that he had the power to. But I was revealed um, by God that I needed to be reminded of his truth, and he took his time because he was building a foundation for me. Through this time of trusting his word and what he said over what I was believing, I really began to learn and rely on his character and understand his grace in a deeper measure. I'm still beginning and um, continuing to understand in a deeper measure how Jesus can be both a perfect, powerful, and just king, and yet have meet us with gentleness and kindness when we open ourselves up to him. Some scriptures that have been really meaningful to me throughout this time is Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Again, 1 John three nineteen through 20 By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Through college, God has just been um, anchoring me in who he is and helping me to rely on his character, and I'm so grateful for it. And I've been realizing how I'm not worthy of this grace. There was nothing about me that made him choose me, but he's drawing each and every one of us to him. So at this time, I'd like to call up the worship team. Um, and I just want to ask a couple questions um, as you guys reflect and as you've been listening to each of our testimonies. Um, just take time to yourself and um, think about anything that's been connecting with you. Maybe you need help finding identity in him instead of your image, your grades, or your success. Um you're one invite away from the love of Christ. You want to know him and you want community to show him who you are. Christ frees us from sin and you want this freedom and you want continued strength to remain pure. You want to be reminded of his truth and that you can trust in him every day. That he's faithful in everything. Maybe you're having a hard time trusting his timing or that he knows what's best for your life. 
or even having difficulty walking in obedience and you feel him drawing you closer. Or maybe this is the first time you've ever heard anyone talk about their personal experience with God or what he's done in their life and you want to learn more or you just want to take a first step and say that that's something that you want tonight. Um, I'm also going to have the seniors come up. Um, and this is just an opportunity if you want to sit and reflect by yourself or if you want to come and pray with us, um, we'd be so happy to pray with you. So yeah, seniors, you can come up. Um, and I'm just going to pray us into this time. In God's scripture in Revelation 12, it mentions that we are conquerors by the blood of the lamb and by the word of his testimony. And the power of all of our testimonies tonight is that he can do the same thing in you. Lord, I want to thank you for each of our testimonies and that you're drawing each one of us to you. Um, that you have abounded in grace for us, Jesus, that you've died on the cross for us. And Lord, I just ask that in this time as we're sitting and reflecting that you would um, you'd be calling to each of our hearts and that you'd give us the courage to respond and the courage to come and pray with someone. Um, Father, that this would be a night that someone can um, just believe for what you've done in someone else's life and believe that you're going to do the same in theirs, Lord. So we thank you for these testimonies. Thank you for the work you're doing in all of us and that you will continue to do, Lord, until Jesus returns. We praise you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it blessed you and encouraged you to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. If you'd like to connect with us, you can head to undkialpha.com.